Hi, how would you like to advertise on Conversations with Dwyer? You can advertise your band, a new album, your company, a service you provide, or just yourself, and it will be heard around the world, and it will live on that episode or multiple episodes forever. Email me at Conversations with Dwyer, and we could begin discussing how to get your advertisement up on an episode or multiple episodes of Conversations with Dwyer. Again, email me at Conversations with Dwyer at gmail.com. And remember, that ad will be heard around the world. Now, how about we enjoy this latest episode of Conversations with Dwyer? Welcome to Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast. And speaking of music, that song that played me in is called Silver Tongue. It is from the album Take the Cake from the band Pax, which is uh, out May 21st on Fire Talk Records. And my guest today is the singer-songwriter from that band, Madeline Link. And this is a great conversation. It's a lot of fun. I did a lot of laughing during it. I enjoyed myself, and I think you will too. I think it'll come through your earbuds, your car speakers, or whatever you're listening to this on, and you'll go, boy, those guys had a lot of fun talking. Um, All Things Packs are in the show notes, so please buy the album. It's out May 21st digitally, If you and you could uh, order an advanced copy of the vinyl if you so like, which is probably what I'm going to do. Even though I got an advanced copy, I always buy music if I love it, and I do love this album. Uh, like I said, in the show notes, and uh, all things packs are in the show notes, as well as all things Matt Dwyer. If you like this conversation, and you're listening to it, and you were like, hey, I want to see their faces, you could become a Patreon subscriber and watch this conversation on the Patreon. Often my Patreon episodes have bonus content. Sometimes there's an extra hour, like I had with King Kid Congo a few weeks ago. Um, so... Yeah, and Patreon subscribers get a pin that was designed by Charlene Yee, who's also a former guest. And there's also an additional podcast I do solely on Patreon where I talk to comedians about the music of their lives, and it's a lot of fun. I'm not sure how many episodes I've done by the time this ep- this episode airs, but uh, either way, it's a lot of fun. Johnny Pepperton, who's in the 21 Jump Streets and Superstore, he was a recent guest. So... Please become a Patreon subscriber. If not, you can follow me on social media, Conversations with Dwyer. I've had a lot of great guests. Uh, Lou Barlow is coming up from Sabado and Dinosaur Jr. I've had Wayne Coyne from The Flaming Lips, Wayne Kramer from the MC5, Kid Khan, Harmar Superstar, two of the fine people from The Code Hangers. The list is long and plentiful. A uh, great way to ex- explore the past library is to go to my Instagram, Conversations with Dwyer. And uh, or my website, thematdwire.com. All of that's in the show notes. Anyway, uh, suddenly I got stuffy while doing this intro. Got stuffy. Remember to buy the album, May 21st, Fire Talk Records, all in the show notes. Take the Cake by Pax. Here is my great conversation with the also great Madeline Link. And you, I've, I've researched you a little bit. You seem to like good things. I do. <laughs> I like good things and bad things. But what are some of the bad things you like? Um, 
good. I mean, I like, um, oh, like for example, yesterday I found out that bubble wrap, um, is trademarked by a corporation called the sealed air corporation. Oh, wow. And I think that's a pretty bad thing, but I kind of like it. It's fascinating for sure. Yeah. Do you go down a lot of those kind of wormholes? Oh, yeah, all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else? Because that's like, I, you know, I'm a Luddite. I wouldn't think like, oh, yeah, we should uh, copyright this air stuff in in plastic. Yeah. I, uh, it's a shock. It was a shock to me as well. Yeah, but I guess that's how greedy people. I, we weren't, I guess we're not greedy. Like money, people are like, yeah, fucking save that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's get a patent on that ASAP. <laughs> I hope you patent your band name because who knows? I know. And anytime someone mentions like a pack, a pack of you know matches or bubble gum, like I'm, I should get money for that. Yeah, you should. There you go. Mm-hmm. Getting on that capitalist yeah. train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, something I never did. That's why I live in a hovel. But that's... Um, how does... Is this... This is your first... Is this your first album that is coming out? hmm How does that... I mean, I knew that, but I didn't know if you did anything prior other than PAX. Well, it's my first uh, full-length album, I guess. Um, I've also, I've released, I'm in a band with my sister and we've released a full album in 2019. Um, but before, before this album that's coming out, this PAX album, I was releasing, uh, like, I don't know, eight song albums since like 2014. Oh, I see. I looked, I couldn't find a lot of stuff on the internet and that's what was, I was like, this can't be the first endeavor this person has done. It's not. <laughs> I can't be that bad. At, I mean, I usually find really, I'm good at researching. So how did I not find these things? Um, well, uh, I was told that I should uh, uh, make, make them all private. I mean, no, the wording was like, you should like, scrub the scrub yourself off the face of the internet basically (laughs) um before before the release so that everyone's like who is she um I don't I I, I'm not really for that strategy but uh that's why I guess I needed it or I I I don't know that's okay it's not what I would have done but uh I did it anyway, and um, I, I hope that after this album comes out that I can just unprivate everything because there's, like, I would say at least, like, 12 albums and singles and stuff um, on Bandcamp that are really weird um, and and kind of bad. But, you know, and another example of, like, something that's bad that I like but like for me I like to see the I don't know the arc or the story whatever like the progression of of an artist and I because that's I found that weird I was like there has like I couldn't find really anything it was driving me crazy because I was like what do I talk to this person about <laughs> I'm sorry no, I'm no, no. so there's, sorry I found, there's you know I found nuggets and things I, what was can what was that early stuff like 
Um, there was lots of, uh, like electronic stuff. Cause I really liked, you know, you know, back in 2013, 2014, like LaRue and, you know, dubstep was just starting. Yeah. So I was, I was interested in like making some electronic stuff. And I had this little instrument called a K oscillator. I don't know. Have you heard of that? No. Oh, it's like, it's a touchpad synth, but it's super tiny. Like you could put it in your pocket and so yeah there's lots of songs that have the like beats with that as the bass and then like lots of keyboards and then like really extra like super distorted guitars because I was really inspired by waves you know yeah um yeah and uh I was really really scared of like singing and stuff so none of them have like vocals or anything like that but yeah why were you afraid of singing uh, I just like didn't have the right, I couldn't r- find the right words to put to the music. And I thought like everything that I could say was like really geeky and dumb sounding. Um, and I was like really inspired by, do you know, Ratatat? Yes. I was like, Ratatat like makes all of their albums without words. So like, I'll just channel their energy. (laughs) (laughs) What, how did you bridge that or or, or overcome that fear of singing and words? Because I'd like your lyrics. Thank you. Thanks. Um, I bridged it by uh, discovering the joys of uh, double tracking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and also, uh, attending like writing, like I, 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 sorry, attending writing doesn't make sense. Um, taking writing classes, like I took a writing class in my last year in high school. And then like, I also minored in creative writing, uh, in university. So, uh, having like devices uh and strategies for like actually getting what I wanted to say uh onto a piece of paper and then like putting words or putting melody to it was like key for singing do you go for the do the words come to you first or the melody or is it kind of a mishmash it depends yeah like there's some uh sometimes like if I'm biking around or walking around, I'll just like, you know, I'll be like, ah, oh, I'm going to start humming now. And then I'll just start humming something. Um, and then if it sounds good, then I'll do a little voice memo. But typically, um, it's kind of like, I don't know. Do you make music? I don't. I, I, I don't. I write though. But I, so I, I just admire music hugely and that's why I like talking to musicians because I don't know, I find their lives and worlds fascinating and, <laughs> and that's that. That's fair, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever tried putting your words to music? I make up dumb songs all the time. Um, they, yeah, it's fun, right? Yeah, it's often about my five-year-old daughter farting. <laughs> <laughs> You know, real. I want to hear that. Real Cole Porter type stuff. 
I, I actually, I want to hear, like, we need more songs like that on, on the, on the charts. I used to sing like when she was a baby, I would sing, uh, you got to poop in the tub. You got to poop in the tub. You got to scrub a dub dub and poop in the tub. You got to poop in it. And so that was, and then she actually started pooping in the tub and I don't know if there was a connection, but you know, she's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Occasionally. But like, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like a Jaws moment. Like it's like the shark is coming towards the, towards you when the, baby poops in the tub it's pretty uh it's just it's terrifying yeah and then but instead of the dinner, <laughs> dinner it's the you gotta poop in a tub you gotta poop in a tub <laughs> everything has its soundtrack yes uh, that's uh, the first time in 200 and something episodes i've discussed baby poop so we've <laughs> we've uh really crossed some new territory <laughs> oh i'm happy you gotta, um, you gotta do that sometimes yeah i i try to keep my own life out of it but it seems to be seeping in lately i don't know what that is but whatever it is what it is what were oh so the creating music and melody yeah i was like like you know the poop in the tub thing like sometimes <laughs> just to bring it back to that um sometimes like they just go together, you know, like, like I'll play a little riff on the guitar and then, uh, start like sing the melody, like, and then all of a sudden, like, it's like the words just manifest. That sounds kind of like tacky and cheesy, but like, especially because I, I write in my journal and like, try to like see recurring like words and phrases and stuff like that. So there's always like, always like weird phrases swirling around my head that just like come out sometimes. It seems at least for me when it's like when you're writing a lot and then it's, it seems like you start noticing the world more and like things become like that you start picking out of the air or you see these things or hear these, like somebody say something and you're like, Oh, that's interesting. Like it, it heightens your reality. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, it turns, it turns like, uh, maybe something that's like impacting you really badly in the moment it turns it into something that like you'll probably later you'll you, you, you you're like oh, I can write a song about this later so it's not really that bad it helps get that out of your gut so you like like that I'm just thinking of like moments where you're like oh fuck there's this thing like something horrible happens and you feel it physically and it releases that exactly yeah and it's cool like because um i know like when i first was writing songs and c- wasn't singing it felt it felt like there was like a cloggage a blockage you know but then like it's almost like the act of singing is like vomiting in a weird way <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah I, it's a shame to me that more people don't find even if you don't share it like these creative way means to get rid of your junk i get your emotional spiritual clutter because mm-hmm. if i didn't have ways to get rid of it the clutter in my head would you know it would eat me a lot yeah yeah it would like yeah i would actually i feel like it eats away at my brain sometimes and it just like can't be a full person you, unless yeah oh that's interesting just full person did you feel like being 
music and is that is what makes you a full person? Yeah. It's like, it, it is what allows me to like be in the present moment. Like once I've, once I've like sat down and written a, I mean, this isn't always the case, but like, I always find like, you know, if I'm feeling like half a person, like I, I'm talking to my parents or something like that. And I, and I'm like not listening to anything they're saying or, or like just straight up depressed. <laughs> um, and then like, I sit down and just like start playing some my old songs or like a new song to start writing anything, to start vomiting, uh, metaphorically. Um, I'm like, Oh my God, why didn't I do this sooner? Stupid. <laughs> do you try yeah. to do something every day? Yes. Yeah, I try to. How do you feel if you don't, if you go like four days without doing anything? It just, it, yeah, it's like I said before, it just feels like, like, wait, you for, you've been forgetting, like, you're like wondering why you're feeling so crappy. This is why. <laughs> <sighs> Was yeah. it was it a process to for you to to find? Now I'm going to feel like I'm sounding cheesy, but that that like the truth within what you were writing about and saying, or like I guess maybe who you were as a musician or songwriter. This like so you're asking about like what if there was a process to like a journey, I guess would be a better to sound like I am into uh, bad spirituality. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I think it needs to be normalized more people talking about journeys and, and things like that, like, and mindfulness. I'm in, like kind of getting into mindfulness a little bit. Cause I think it's helpful. Um, anyway, um, uh, to find my finding my, lyrical like voice and like confidence mm -hmm. kind of yeah um I found that yeah it all really worked out when I was able to insert humor into the songs so like I don't know either through abstract images or um, just like, I don't know, <laughs> phrases that, that are kind of like colloquial or like, I don't know, just stuff that's kind of, I don't know, like you hear in a country song, someone's like, you know, like hold my beer while I kiss your girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I don't write songs like that, but I just think it's funnier if you can like if when somebody's listening a little bit closer, they're like, wait, what? What does that actually mean? Like, okay, I, here's an example if you want to hear one. Oh, okay, of course. Um, one of the first songs that me and, because before I was performing solo and I got my bandmates who were already my friends, they came to see me and then they're like, oh, we need, we, we want to play, we want to be your band. And I was like, okay, cool. So at one of our first practices, the first song that we all learned together was this song called To Blame. And that's from this album that I released on cassette called Ouch. And 
So the first lyrics are all the leaves from the tiny trees coat my greasy teeth. <laughs> and <laughs> it sounds like kind of like 2012, like indie film, uh, Juno soundtrack, whatever. But it's, it was because uh, I was like, right, it was right before uh, I was playing uh, drums in a different band. And we got to the the venue and they were like, Oh, you can, you can like chill for like two hours. There's just two hours of free time. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go back home and like eat some food. So I made broccoli pasta and it was really greasy and all the little (laughs) broccoli pieces were sticking to my teeth. And then I just like wrote it down and then later just, it's like, oh yeah, this is going to be the first lyrics to this song. Uh, do you play multiple instruments? Because you said drums. That was. Yeah, I play the drums too. Anything else besides guitar? Uh, I play the piano sometimes. Do you, are you looking to explore more avenues of instruments? Or are you content with that? Oh, I'm learning the accordion. Oh, that's great! I love accordion, and I my grandparents were like into polka music so <laughs> like like i li- i like cool. i love that old weird music that most people were like what the fuck are you listening to lawrence <laughs> welk for <laughs> but it's like the accordion has like a really incredible like power behind it i agree and it's like it's in so many genres of music. Like it's, I think. Yeah. I feel like maybe, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like when they busted it out in um, Unplugged with Nirvana, and it's like then it's like yeah. it's like weird when those things happen, and people are like, "Oh, that yeah. is a cool instrument." It's like it's always been cool, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Look at catchphrase. It's always for... been... <laughs> is this is it is this a weird time because? I mean, we're recording this. When this comes out, it will be around the time your album comes out. But like, mm-hmm. how does that feel to have like your? You know, you have an album coming out, and it's starting to get like little bits. Am I the first press you've done for it? Yes. Oh, I feel honored. <laughs> <laughs> but is this somewhat? Because sur- it is there like an anticipation or like what are the th- feelings? And I know I'm like throwing multiple. I'm not clear. I guess and what I'm fucking asking. <laughs> But like, it's got to be a weird time because you're like, this album's going to come out and people are going to review it and, you know, and all those things. Is this a weird time of limbo or how does that feel? Um, like, I, honestly, it doesn't feel weird because uh, I'm used to not, like, I'm used to the limbo feeling by now. Like, I think we all are kind of. Oh, because of quarantine? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I feel like because you're in L.A. Are you in, a, you're in like L.A., a, right? Yeah, pretty much. We live outside, but it doesn't. I mean, like, yeah, you can, like, go outside all anytime. I mean, I can go outside anytime I want to, but, like, I don't know if I can switch the camera here. It's... You're in Toronto? I'm just at, in my... In, I'm in Ottawa. Ottawa. Yeah, and it's God damn, that's really, really, it snowed a lot, and I had to uh, shovel the driveway last night. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, I grew up in Chicago, so I'm no stranger to the, that sort of okay. thing. Yeah, it just, I don't know, like, everything just feels kind of uh, chill right now. Uh, I don't feel too anxious about the album release but it might it might start crawling up on me like as may comes around but like there's other stuff that i uh also like incrementally like week by week have to focus on for the release so i'm just like keeping my scope a little bit uh short um and are you still living with you because i know like you had to move back in with your folks mm-hmm. has that also been adding to the <laughs> do you not want to talk about that? oh no no i love living with my parents because they're nice people and they're wonderful um but yeah i can you know like you don't have a lot of privacy or like free time in your to just like sit and think because my my dad especially is kind of a chatterbox so like if, if nothing's happening nothing absolutely nothing is going on he'll just be like so what do you think <laughs> i'm like yup yeah i i know that sort of person and it's just like i don't my my wife's dad is like you know just anything on a commercial like that's a big sandwich it's like yeah i'm here too i can see that it's a big like we don't need yeah. this at all <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I'm not saying with your dad, but it just seems like with people like that, it's like, it's just like, are you nervous? Like, are you okay with silence? Like, because I could sit in silence for like a day. I used to live alone and I wouldn't see people for days and I fucking loved it. Then I had two kids and two dogs and boy, that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And then you have to like try to, you you have to like adamantly and like, you know, with lots of perseverance and determination carve out your own uh like alone time and you just have to get good at it and like decide what you're gonna do in that time yeah did has it affected your songwriting at all no it actually i because i wrote most of the songs for the album uh in quarantine at my parents house and i don't know why it's just like I don't know. Maybe it's because it's like I'm in my childhood room, just like chilling. Like it feels safe, and because I was in, uh, I did a residency in Mexico. Oh, really? Um, yeah. In uh, during COVID in November, October, no, in November, December. Um, it was an artist residency, and so I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to try to write some songs here," um, but that didn't really happen. And I think it's cause it was such an unfamiliar, like overwhelming place. Yeah. That's how did you, how did they do that with, did you have to like quarantine and all that before? Like when you got there? Yeah. Yeah. There's a comedian. Oh, go ahead. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't a super strict quarantine. It was basically just like you obviously wear your mask in the, in the house when you're in common areas and then when you're walking on the street. So there wasn't like, I didn't have to stay in my room for two weeks or anything. Was there anything after the fact that has inspired you once you left Mexico? Oh my gosh. Like, yes. 
tons of things. Um, yeah, like all the artists, all the artists that I learned about there, and then also the music. Like I have not been able to stop listening to cumbia and chicha. Yeah, I which I see because I've always lived in like Hispanic neighborhoods, like most of my life. And I would never know what was playing, but I began recognizing, like, I'm like, oh, this song, I love this song. I don't know what this is called or who does it, but I love this. <laughs> yeah. And it's like that, it's all that and the smells and the visuals are so ingrained, but I I just, you know, I never learned Spanish or, because I'm an American and we don't do that. We're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> My five-year-old can speak Spanish. I can get punched in the face in Spanish because I worked in kitchens. So, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Like everything is super inspiring there, and also, yeah. Speaking Spanish, I like learned Spanish a bit before going. Like a couple for I've been learning Spanish for two years now, and like speaking a different language is also really inspiring too. And you kind of like. St- construct can you can construct things phrases differently and describe things differently based on like the way adjectives work in spanish versus in english um and you were you down there for an art residency you were saying mm-hmm. yeah so you do other kind of art i'm guessing yeah what do you do um well while i was there i was super inspired um by this artist who what worked in the workshop of Diego Rivera named Carmen Caballero. And she was like this really petite woman, like maybe like four feet tall, like very small. And she worked on the constructions of these like nine feet, uh, like Judas figures. They're so huge, enormous and like decorated so beautifully. And uh, so I did paper mache pretty much the whole time I was there. Wow. What kind of art do you do other, like, otherwise? Well, it's like kind of, it, it all ties into like performance art kind of, but um, it all is basically like paper. A lot of the times I'll do something in paper mache that just ends up getting destroyed. And then I just document that. And so that's kind of the art in itself. You know what I mean? You intentionally destroy it? Yes. And, uh, and so you do that in front of an audience or video? No, just video. I want to see, I want to see this. (laughs) Those I didn't have to remove from, uh, the internet. So those are available to oh, see. I will find, I those. have a, I have a Vimeo. So, and there's actually, uh, some music videos that I forgot to take down, um, <laughs> on the Vimeo as well. <laughs> I just realized. Do you, uh, is this artwork and your music and all these things, are they going to converge at some point and become a mishmash or maybe they already are? They already have, like, for example, um, the little video uh, that I published on the day that Hangman came out, that is from my residency in Mexico. I made, like, an upside-down hanging man and hung him along with a bunch of other paper mache things in uh, 
the window of the room that I was staying in. And then I brought him to the owner of the residency's house and um, burned him and, and everything. How did he respond to that? (laughs) Um, It was really, it was really relaxing to watch. Um, And it was cool because I made all of the skeletons of the paper mache out of wire. And so once the fire had eaten away at all the paper and the paint, all that was left was the, these crazy looking wire skeletons. So it was cool. Oh, I want to. See, I didn't. I haven't seen that video, so I'll have to find find that as well. Did I not do my job? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it was on Instagram. It was the Instagram oh. hangman hangman uh, video. Oh, I I missed that somehow. But I did see that you had Angela Davis, and that which who I'm a. I've tried to get on my podcast before. I did mostly musicians, but she never responded. What drew you to Angela Davis? Um, that was from a resource, like one of, back in the summer, there was just these like pages and pages and pages of resource documents. Um, and so that was like from a, like an hour long conversation between Angela Davis and, uh, the woman that was on Oprah who did the eye color test eye color I don't know who's it she's this white woman who uh, talks about racism I forget what her name is um anyhow so it was like it was a cool video and Angela Davis just like has the most incredible way of like formulating words and like I don't know I just love the way that she talks and I love what she says and um her recordings uh, from prison. Do you know those ones? On there, I've seen a little bit of like I've heard a little bit on like and yeah, they're just like incredible. So yeah, I just uh, I see her. I see her as a young woman, and then I see her as like a an uh, like older woman, and she's still like just as powerful. Do you feel that's part of your? responsibility or part of what it is to be an artist is to constantly work those sort of angles to write, to read, to refuel or to keep yourself moving. Definitely. Like, uh, I like, uh, I like listening to the most, uh, to like lots of different kinds of music and like, absorbing that kind of stuff. And then I think a good way of, uh, processing it because like these days we do so much like absorbing of stuff, but a great way of like processing music, for example, is like making a playlist because a playlist can be kind of like an essay in, in some ways, you know, if you can find a way of linking all those songs together, even the most disparate genres or whatever, like, if you can prove that they sound good in the same playlist, then you've done something there. That's kind of like, you can't say with words. That's an, I've never thought of it that way. And I found a playlist of yours on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> right. Didn't I? <laughs> no. You must have. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, there was a lot of 
different genres. And I've always, and like I was watching this thing with the Melvins the other day where they were doing that, you know, that Amoeba Records thing, they do What's in My Bag. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've just, like, I'm always surprised, like, these bands or people have their sound, but they listen to such a wild, and I'm like, how does, like, Miles Davis or, um, like, you know, Rat-a-tat-tat, did, how do these things when influence your sound or anybody else's sound when but they still stay within their genre like i mean buzzo from was had like a bunch of rolling stones and miles davis and i'm like do you don't think of that when you listen to the melvins <laughs> yeah yeah it's like it's almost like you know knowing the rules so that you can break them i don't know that's like kind of the Melvins are kind of crazy, right? Yeah, it's just hard metalish. Like they got labeled with grunge for a while, but they were yeah. they were pre that. And yeah, it's just how do you, like do you with the current way you sound? Do you find inspiration in something that's so far removed from what you do? Yes, because there's always. Like I found myself because I'm writing songs for the the second album or the next album now, and I even like uh, okay, you know, you know, Bad Boy by the Jive Bombers. I don't think I do. Okay, I don't want to say like, yes and be, be one of those asshole hipster guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I know totally. the name. <laughs> yeah, I like their old stuff. Yeah, um, it's okay. Have you ever seen Cry Baby? Yes. It's the song that plays at the end of Cry Baby. Oh, okay. That's better. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyhow, so I, I was like, I was I wrote this bulk of the song and then like I was doing a little like, you know, uh, what is this? <laughs> like jazz hands? <laughs> yeah, I was doing the the vocal version of jazz hands, um, and and I was like, I did it, and then I realized, oh my god, that's the exact this part in the song where he goes like la 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 la, like he does this cool la 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 thing, and I was like, oh my god, that's I'm like kind of just taking that part a little bit. Um, but it's not like I'm not, you know, ripping it off or anything, but I'm kind of like borrowing from it. And I think um, uh, that like stuff like that appears subconsciously a lot, like all the time. And like there's even artists who either they're doing it subconsciously or they're just not like publicize, publicizing the fact that they've taken uh, a riff from a, a different genre and they're like kind of making it their own. Um, and I hear it all the time. Yeah. I saw them talk about that on the James Brown documentary because they took Miles Davis's da, da, ba, do, ba, do, ba, do, ba, ba, and then they just put it and made it funky and then it was theirs. <laughs> and it's kind of, I'm just like, wow, that's insane to me, but it's not, that's not outright stealing. That's just like, it's a whole different thing. But it's wild to me. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't think that way. Does it, uh, when you realize that, how did you, were you like, how did you f- feel about that? You're like, oh, I'm just doing this thing. With the, with the song that I was writing? Yes. When I realized it, I was like, 
That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) I was just excited. Um, And especially because it's like not really like it's, I think it's my favorite part of the song. Like the underdog part of the song, but it's not like the basis of the song. I, I just think of like, there's some, some songs that I've heard where the entire basis of the song is the riff from the other song. And, and I'm like, that's, you've just, you've like, it's more like a cover. Yeah. It's not, you know, there's, yeah, I mean, there's bands in the past who will remain nameless because I don't want to get in trouble who've outright stolen right? old blues tunes and didn't give so them credit, and that just like is upsetting to me because <laughs> yeah, because like, one half one group is a millionaire and the other guy still lives in a shack. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got to give credit where credits due. Yeah. Do you? Are you approaching this album differently than you did this the new the recent one? Are you trying to find different ways, or does that not enter mm. enter into? Yeah, it? yeah. I'm kind of like the pro the songwriting process for me is still the same, but I'm trying to collaborate with as many other people as I possibly can. In so, or outside of the band. Outside of the band. Um, obviously the, the core of the band is like, I'm still sending them the songs immediately for their seal of approval, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) but I, I'm also like, I'll write a song and I'll send it to my friend. And cause I know she wants to like, she's a singer and she loves singing. And I know she wants practice and experience singing and so I'll I'll send it to her and be like hey do you like want to sing on this and then she'll send me something back and I'm like oh like I'm even more inspired now to like write the chorus for you know because there wasn't a chorus before it was just a riff so yeah like collaborating with people is like a big big goal but it's really hard right now yeah do you because I read one thing that said that like they called you the leader of the band, and is that a title you're comfortable with? I don't know. I, I don't know what that would feel like. Yeah, like it's fine. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't call myself the leader. But I would just say like I'm the songwriter, singer. I write all the songs. <laughs> is that? Was that something you envisioned though? Like back when you were doing the other stuff with your, was it your sister? If I remember correctly. Yeah. And then, or playing solo. Did you ever think like, Oh, I'm going to front a band. No, I didn't really want to. Like, I just, I really liked being just in the band with my sister and being like kind of back, you know, not really in the spotlight, but um, also playing the drums made me so nervous <laughs> and, and like, you know, like I just, I know, I, I, so I realized like once I started performing as PAX, I never got as nervous as I do when I was getting ready to play the drums. So that's kind of how I knew that I was like, 
I was like, okay, yeah, this is natural. Cause like also, even when I was a kid, there's like pictures of me, um, like performing in my backyard. Like I'm fully dressed up as though I'm like a lead singer of a band and I'm like belting out something. And my sister's the drummer. She's drumming on a little, uh, uh, a little like kid uh, play school picnic table. So yeah, I'll, I'll send you that picture. It's a really oh, I would love funny. It. Yeah. Do you, do you think about like where you could be in five years or do you have goals to that? Or does that not enter into what you're doing at the moment? Yeah. I really, well, one of my goals is like, I want to uh, be a farmer. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I just, the last thing I expected on earth was that, and I was then and just envisioned you in a field. What, what attracts you to farmer life? Um, the, well, even if I am not the farmer, I would like to be in some way facilitating food equity and like more local um, production of food in some way. That, that's, yes, I agree with, I've, I just, that's something I think about a lot and like I hate Whole Foods because they're owned by Amazon, who I really fucking hate. Yeah. But they're the only grocery store that says where the produce comes from and if it's local. And I'm like, fuck, that's a real hard one to beat because the benefits of that to local economy, to the environment, like is just endless. And I'm like, but I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> yeah. And just we are trying to be more environmentally conscious of just like, you know, not using cardboard and buying things that don't come in packaging, all that bullshit, not bullshit, but that, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. cause I'm it, live in total fear of the future of our planet mm -hmm. and food seems to be something that will be one of the first things that goes belly up. It seems. Well, yeah, especially like the, with the way that, that everything's being farmed now and like, I don't know. The, the meat industry, that whole thing. I, I, I'm I, don't, a, I don't eat meat, so. Oh, yeah, because you're, you're in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I did up until a year ago. But do you eat meat? Yeah, I do. Murderer. I, <laughs> I'm I know. I'm kidding. I, I'm living with my parents right now, so I would feel worse if they were making these meat meals and then like like some of it goes to waste because they make too much and there's I don't know it probably would never go to waste they love eating meat but I don't know I like eating chicken a lot uh, I, well, so go ahead. I just I, I, I want to like one day say like I, I I took this chicken and I killed it and now I'm eating it Instead of being like, I've never killed a chicken. I just like the way they taste. Yeah. I don't, I once had to clean a rabbit. I bought it dead, but I, they didn't like, I got it home and it was, and I was just like, that is just a, it was like, I didn't like it. <laughs> and I like clean fish and stuff as a kid and uh -huh. have recently, but I just, it was like, 
it disturbed me. And I was I, like, I don't, I grew up in Chicago. I mean, it's like we meet in unhealthy eating is just like a way of life. And I never thought I would become a vegan, but I couldn't get unfat. <laughs> and my, so we went on a diet and we, and then it was just, I could, we were like, I feel better. And like, it wasn't like this hippie sort of, and the, you know, the weird thing though is LA is a mis, it's a mis, misunderstood. Like people are like, oh, they're so healthy in LA. It's like, there's cheeseburger shops all over the, and donut shops. Yeah. Every, have you been here? Yeah. One time. Yeah. It's not. And like cocaine and drinking is just like, like I was like a raging lunatic for most of my life. <laughs> it's like, I was like, this isn't, we're just vain. Everyone just doesn't want to look like shit. That's really what the story is. But you know, when, if, when you look good, you know, when you feel good, you look good. Do I don't know if I've ever looked good. Let's be honest. <laughs> Come on. Look at you now. Oh, okay. Thank you. I was yeah. just being self-deprecating. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think you look great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I don't look like this thing behind me. I mean, that thing behind you looks great in a different way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I I don't know why, but I feel like I I read that you do have a a love for old blues music, and I won, which I do as well. And I was just curious about how that also influences what you do. And who you who you favor besides Lead Belly and Bessie Smith? Um, I really, really like. Uh, uh, I really like Reverend Gary Davis. He's he, his songs are just sweet, um, and I love uh, Billie Holiday and Robert Johnson. I just I, oh, and I recently um, discovered uh, Elizabeth Cotton. Oh yeah, she's great. And yeah, I just, I really, it's, it's with, with Lead Belly and like Robert Johnson, it's like the guitar stylings that inspire me a lot. And actually my aunt gave me for Christmas one year, a Lead Belly music book. Like it's a really old book that teaches you how to play his songs on a 12 string. So, and I have a 12 string. That's what I wrote most of my songs on before. So I learned, um, like, well, where did you sleep last night? Used to just be called black girl. Um, so I I learned that one and I learned, um, there's a man going around taking names. And I find once you learn the songs on the guitar, you're, you're basically incorporating them into your muscle memory and your guitar vocabulary. And Lead Belly makes up the coolest chords. He, well, make, yeah, he kind of makes, makes them up and they just sound really good together. And so there's a lot of songs that I write that have like um, A7 in them or like A, it's an A, but with the, Anyway, just like really cool variations of basic chords that sound incredible uh, and transition really well between each other. And yeah. It's, it's wild to me because it's always assholes who say this. And forgive me for judging them, but I judge them with great wrath. But <laughs> when people are like, oh, I don't like a music genre that where I can, 
I could also play it, you know, because it's because a lot of blues is I've like never heard that. Oh, I've heard it so many times. Like bl- like blues is simple and like it's like oh, it's three chords. Anybody can do that. And I'm like, first of all, there's the emotion, there's the feeling, there's like there's so much more to it than just. Uh, anyway, I guess you can't speak to that because you never heard it before. But <laughs> <laughs> it's usually not to I don't know. It's just usually white guys who think they know a lot about music and i'm like you can't shit on an entire genre because you can play the chords that doesn't mean anything no so what do you yeah it doesn't like i i think it means it's a good thing that i've never heard that (laughs) means i'm hanging around the right people (laughs) (laughs) one was on twitter a while ago and i just i saw red and i was like yeah well you might be able to play the chords but you could never play a buddy guy solo so fuck off (laughs) it's like you couldn't you can't play like buddy guy you can't end of story yeah exactly like there's there's emotion like actual emotion behind the the like chords of these songs um and like i think that also too translates really well with the recording process like because in all those old recordings you can like hear um i don't know you can hear like the energy and like yeah how i don't know how rare it probably would have been to have like a black artist in the studio and like uh just like uh, I don't know. There's just this really like un. Um, I, I can't put my finger on what the energy is, but it's like uh, enchanting and like unreplicatable. I know that's not a word. I don't know but you, it, what the word. But you're, for that. but you're some. You would a poet, and you so poets can make up their own words. Okay, <laughs> that's true. But yeah, it's like that. There's. It's wild to me that someone, one person, could take a song and perform it and you are overwhelmed with emotion and weep or feel joy or whatever. And then somebody else does it and you're like, the fuck are they doing? (laughs) Like, it's like bizarre to me. And it's just, there's like, uh, you know, that's, I I don't know how to, I I couldn't even think of the word you just made up, but that's what it is. It's like, there's just something transcendent about what is in that person and what they are channeling through it. Where some people it's just like, sorry, don't have it. (laughs) Yeah. There's like a truth to it. Exactly. It's the, the truth. And like the, um, that you like, they're not doing it. Well, there's a weird myth with the Robert Johnson thing that he like sold his soul to the devil so that he could play the guitar really well. But yeah, there's a document (laughs) document. Documentary. Documentary. I don't know Documentary? why. That... <laughs> Documentary. <laughs> now I'm making up words, but it's like, yeah. Uh, I, I, I leased my soul with an option to buy, but I didn't, I didn't outright sell. Mm, that was a bad joke. Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you find that, you, I mean, I feel like when I listen to your music, I feel like there's definitely a truth. Like when I heard Hangman, like I was, it was one of those, Oh fuck! Who is this? Moments. So, and I literally like I was like I want to, f- and then I found like the label and stuff. I I avidly sought you out to have you on the show because I loved your music so much, and I was like I want to talk to this person because they're Thanks. good at what they do. 
<laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I've, I find I've always, that's like been uh, the, like, like, I don't know, having these like powerful black voices in like playing in the house growing up has really influenced the way that uh, I think of music and the way that I, the, the purpose of music, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. did your parents listen to a lot of that music when you were? Yeah. Yeah. Like my dad was always playing that stuff. So did you take to that immediately as a child? I don't know. I don't really like, I, I don't really know what I was thinking when I was a kid. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they, I, I, I remember mostly like guided by voices. Cause they played that like all day, every day. It sounds like you have hip parents. Very. Yeah. That's great to grow up in, with such music diversity, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad like listened to so much radio that he, like, he knew. I don't know. He and he collects records, so we have like a lot of crazy stuff to like. If you're like, hey, do you know? Like, do you know this person? He's like, oh yeah. Let me uh, let me go grab that, and then he'll come up with a stack of like fifteen records. Like two of them are f- about the person you asked him about, and then like the fourteen others are like this person uh, was his producer and came out with this weird like single uh, after he produced him because he tried to go and do his own thing, but it wasn't successful. But I think it's pretty good, you know, like. All this crazy stuff. I want to hang out with your dad. Yeah, you guys should get together. (laughs) How many records does he have? Um, Tons. Like, I don't know, like maybe 10,000? Holy shit, that's insane. I mean, that's amazing. It's crazy. I hope he never has to move because that will just be a... Um, yeah. There's no, but that has to have seeped into your subconscious all that music. Like, there's no way that doesn't exist in you. It it does definitely does. <laughs> and <laughs> sometimes there's like a lot of contradictions that go on. Like, yeah, like you know, oh, I want to make electronic music, and then like I can only write songs on the acoustic guitar. Stuff like that. Well, we'll have to get you an electric keyboard thing then. There's oh, there's lots of electric keyboards. I just find, I guess lately, electric music doesn't, electronic music is not, is not it for me right now. I hear. Well, as I'm writing, right. yeah. Um, well, I want to uh, thank you for your time. <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me. much for listening to conversations with the wire please become a patreon subscriber if you like also subscribe to the show 
on your iTunes or what have you not, and tell your friends about the show. That would mean a lot to me. As well as uh, go to the link tree in the show notes or themattdwyer.com or Conversations with Dwyer at the Instagram, and you could learn more about the show, buy merch, and all those great things. Thank you very much for listening.